everyone, and welcome to Midnight Ghost Stories. I'm your host, Latasha Molidor, and I will be sharing with you my personal ghost stories and stories I've heard from my family members, friends, and other sources. I hope you enjoy. Tonight on episode 14, I'll be telling you about urban legends. Now, when I say urban legends, I don't mean the stories featured in the 1998 film Urban Legend. I mean the darker, more sinister folklore you've heard about. In particular, Skinwalkers, Bloody Mary, and La Llorona. I want to talk about the origin of these legends, and there are some real experiences people have had with them as well. I want to thank everyone who allowed me to share your stories on this episode. In Navajo culture, a skinwalker is a type of dark witch who has the ability to transform themselves into an animal, usually a coyote, because they can be associated with witchcraft. But they can also turn themselves into other animals that are associated with death or bad omens. The Navajo believe there are both good and evil powers. Medicine men are known to use their powers for healing, whereas Navajo witchcraft is used to intentionally cause harm to others. This type of Navajo witchcraft is called the Witchery Way, using human bones as tools and making concoctions that are used to harm or kill victims. There's a place called Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, also called Sherman Ranch, which is a large piece of land that is known for lots of activity caused by UFO and alien sightings, cattle mutilation, and experiences with the Navajo witches' skinwalkers. When the Sherman family owned this land, There was an incident where a large wolf was attacking their cattle, so the father went and grabbed a gun and shot the wolf several times. The wolf did not let go of the cattle, so he went and got a bigger gun and was able to shoot the wolf and it let go of the cattle. The so-called wolf was stronger than any other wolf, being strong enough to not be affected by the bullets. At this moment, the Sherman family believed they had encountered a skinwalker. I watched the Netflix show, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, It was a very interesting show with lots of information if you're interested in learning more. In some legends, these witches begin as respected healers who later choose their powers for evil instead of good. They can be male or female, but most of the time they are male. They will be in human form during the day while they walk among the tribe, then at night take on animal form. To become a skinwalker, one must perform an initiation with a secret society, which is killing a family member, most often a sibling. After they have done that, they will acquire supernatural powers, which gives them the ability to transform. Again, the coyote is most common, but they can choose any animal based on what abilities they want, like speed or strength. Some other animals are wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears. It is said that when a person sees a skinwalker in human form, their eyes are animal-like. And when in animal form, their eyes are human-like. And when you shine light in their eyes, they will turn bright red. Other powers of a skinwalker include reading minds, causing illness and even death. It is said that if a person locks eyes with a skinwalker, they will be able to control the mind of that victim and make them say or do things they wouldn't normally do. In most encounters, skinwalkers will bang on walls, knock on doors, or make scraping sounds on the roof. They can even be seen staring into windows, much like this story. The first of many skinwalker encounters. Female, 20 but this happened when I was pretty young, about 10 or 11 years old. 
Our family home has been in our family for about 40 years, but the building could be older than that. I haven't done much research on the house to figure out how long it's been there or if there was anything there before it. It's located in a forested area, away from town, but it wasn't really in the middle of nowhere like people would think. Obviously, with a house that old, located in a forest that's even older, there's going to be some activity. I grew up mostly as a skeptic because of how intelligent I am. I always assumed there was an explanation for everything, and I still try to debunk things as I see them. Now I consider myself a believer, mostly from the things I experienced in this house. I'll have more stories about this house because this house's stories are nearly endless. One night, my mom and I got up for a midnight snack. We used to sleep in the same room at this time because I was young and we're both females. We had outdoor cats, so it wasn't out of the normal for them to want in or out during the middle of the night. My mom went to let them in while I was in the kitchen waiting for the microwave to stop cooking the food. Hey, get over here. You got to see this. My mom whispered, yelled from across the room staring at something on the other side of the sliding door. Me thinking it was just raccoons, a bear, maybe a cougar or something, I went over there, wondering why she seemed so spooked about it. We have them in our area after all. You see that over there? Doesn't that look like a person? We flipped the porch light on to see better. And sitting there in our yard, there was a creature that I've never seen before. Both of us were feeling an extreme fear or dread while looking at this thing like it was about to snap and kill us through the sliding glass door. It was far too big to be a wolf or coyote and far too human-like, too. It was almost standing up, kind of, just squatting there, it looked like, but it couldn't have been a human, either. It had a lot of dog-wolf features, too. In specific, it was hairy, but not everywhere. Its legs looked exactly like how a dog's legs look, in the way the tibia fibula goes straight backward into the hock. It looked like it was supposed to be dead. It was just something that you look at and still not understand what you're looking at, even though you're looking straight at it. And it was extremely bony and emaciated, yet huge and really hard to describe to someone who's never seen it before. By now, since we've been staring at it for a few minutes trying to figure out what it was, we were peak creeped out and just decided to try to go to our room and ignore what we had just seen. We turned the lights off and went back to our room. Safe to say, neither of us slept very well that night. Hey everybody, real quick before we get into the next segment, I just wanted to add a few more things about skinwalkers. I'm subscribed to a YouTube channel called The Paranormal Files, and oddly enough, their episode this week was a paranormal investigation at none other than the Skinwalker Ranch. I thought it was very ironic that they did an episode the same week this episode is being released regarding Skinwalkers. So after you listen to this episode, I highly recommend you go subscribe to The Paranormal Files on YouTube and check out their Skinwalker episode and all of the other paranormal investigations they do. I recently watched this episode and it was so creepy and so much fun to watch. They do mention that some people don't even like to say the word because it attracts attention to them. And I actually noticed when I've seen videos on Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube, some people just say SW because they don't like saying the word. That was interesting to me. The host of The Paranormal Files, he and his wife, also have a podcast called Murder in America. 
That is one of my favorite shows and they are amazing storytellers. So if you like true crime, I definitely suggest their podcast as well. Let's get back to the show. Bloody Mary is a spirit that people conjure to reveal the future, usually played in a group. People will look in a mirror and chant her name several times. It is said that she can be good or evil. Not sure about y'all, but I've only heard evil things about her. So, back in the day, the ritual for calling on Bloody Mary was that a woman would walk up a flight of stairs backward in the dark while holding a lit candle in a mirror. While looking in the mirror, they should then see a reflection of the man they would marry. And if they saw a skull or even the Grim Reaper, that meant they would die before they got married. In the stories we've heard, a group of people may light candles and sit in front of a mirror and chant her name. The number of times varies from story to story, but then you will see her as a corpse. She may even be covered in blood. And like I said, I've only heard bad things, so she may strangle you or scratch at your eyes, but apparently she can be a friendly ghost or witch. Some people will debunk the stories as a trick in the light saying that staring into a mirror in dim lighting can cause people to hallucinate. Now who is Bloody Mary, and is she based on a real person? I don't think there's a definitive answer, but some sources say she could either be any of the following. Mary of England, daughter of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon, who was nicknamed Bloody Mary after having a large number of religious people burned at the stake. Elizabeth Bathory, who was a 17th century Hungarian woman who was accused of being a vampire after allegedly killing a number of girls and women and bathing in their blood. And Mary Worth, who either killed slaves who escaped the American South through the Underground Railroad or a woman who was burned at the stake during the witch trials. Have you ever played Bloody Mary? I wouldn't now, practicing witchcraft and all, but... I played one time when I was in middle school, and I guarantee my friends have no recollection of us playing this game. I was in the 8th grade, some of my friends were in the 7th grade, and we met up after school in the girls' restroom. There were automatic lights, so we couldn't turn them off, but we made sure no one was in there, stood in the mirror, and called out her name a few times. Pretty sure we were like, okay, we're done, let's go, so nothing happened. Unfortunately, that's not the case in this next story. My Bloody Mary experience. As a young child, I was basically the definition of chicken shit. I used to sleep with my lights on or fall asleep to the sound of a movie blasting out of my television. I guess all of that fear drained out of me during those years because at this point, I'm not exactly a person you would call a coward. But I do have my moments. Now to the story. When I was seven or eight, I started going to my elementary school's summer recreation program. There, I met some of the best people that I know. I met a girl there, who to this day is still my best friend. We all sat in a small corner of a large gymnasium while she told us about Bloody Mary, the lady in the mirror. She told us the basic story about Bloody Mary, who was a woman who had lost her child, and if you chant her name while standing in front of a mirror in a dark room, she will appear, etc., etc. After telling us about her, I continued to hear new stories about Bloody Mary from different people throughout that summer variations, backstories, and anything to make the story scarier. Being the young, naive child that I was, I believed it. All of it. At past midnight, I would lay awake in my pitch-black bedroom, 
contemplating what I would do if Bloody Mary just happened to slip out of the mirror and into my room. One night, I went to bed as usual and tried to go to sleep. As it was the night before my ninth birthday, I kissed my mom and dad goodnight and proceeded to go into my bedroom and fall asleep with my lights like always. I slowly fell asleep. I woke up. The room was pitch black. Mom probably turned off the light or something, and I looked at the illuminated LED alarm clock on my nightstand. 11.59. Great, I have to wait until 12.10 to go to the bathroom. Even if I did go to the bathroom, I would go in terrified and trying my best to avoid looking in the mirror. I sat there alone in the dark with a full bladder. You know what? This is ridiculous. You're nine years old now, and you're still acting like a two-year-old. Bloody Mary isn't real. I wanted to get over my fear. I really did. Thinking that if I went into the bathroom and did the ritual, nothing would happen, and I wouldn't be scared anymore. I grabbed a large candle from my parents' bedroom, tiptoeing quietly so I wouldn't wake them up. I crept down to the living room and grabbed the lighter from the kitchen. I lit the candle, burning myself on the first try, and walked into the bathroom. I sat the candle next to the sink and stared into my lit reflection. I said her name three times. Nothing happened. I was relieved. I quickly blew out the candle and slipped back into my bed, smiling. I laid there, staring into the clock. I closed my eyes, but then I realized it was nearly 90 degrees outside in the summer, and my bedroom was cold. I was afraid to open my eyes, but I did. In my doorway was a dark figure of a lady. Looking at her made my insides hurt. I wanted to scream, but I was also afraid of waking up my parents. I simply closed my eyes and tried to imagine puppies, flowers, and the celebrations that would take place in the afternoon. I drifted asleep with the feeling that Bloody Mary was still watching. Morning. I woke up and the sunshine from outside blinded my eyes. I looked in the doorway. Nothing. I went to the bathroom and dared to look in the mirror. There was a cut next to my eyebrow. I changed into my dress for the day. Noticing several small scratches on my stomach, I ignored them. After that day, I tried not to think about that night. I never told my friends what happened and that everything that she had said was real. I'm not afraid of the dark. I play idiotic games with friends like the Three Kings or the Midnight Game, but not Bloody Mary. Never Bloody Mary. La Llorona. La Llorona, also known as the Weeping Woman or the Wailer, is a Hispanic American ghost who is known to roam the waters crying for her children whom she drowned. She is most known to originate from the colonial era with the Spanish conquistadors and indigenous women. The most common known legend of La Llorona is that she was married to a wealthy man who abandoned her so she murdered her own children by drowning them in the river. Another version is of a woman named Maria who sees her rich husband with another woman, so out of rage, drowns her children, or she drowns them so that her husband cannot take them away to be raised with his new wife. She can't take the guilt, so she drowns herself and now roams the earth crying for her children. She is usually seen wearing a white gown and associated with water. The story is told throughout Mexico, Central America, and South America. And in areas like Mexico, United States, Guatemala, and Venezuela, 
they all have different versions of the story. The earliest documentation of La Llorona goes back to 1550 in Mexico City. I have seen some low-budget horror movies about this, but the most recent I have seen is 2019's The Curse of La Llorona. It was a really good movie. Here are some stories people have encountered with La Llorona. La Llorona. I wanted to share a story about one such instance of an apparition known to South Texas as La Llorona. The Rio Grande Valley region of South Texas is at or below sea level in most areas. In order to maintain drainage during the flash flood season, there are canals and levees all over the place. Back when I was a kid growing up in South Texas, about 10 years old or so, I used to spend the night at my grandma's house every weekend. She lived next to a large canal that would usually fill up with water after a good rainstorm. My cousins and I used to have adventures all around the canal as well as my grandma's house. And we loved to sit around on late nights with my youngest aunt, who was only about eight years older than us, and tell stories. One particular night, she decided to share the story of La Llorona, or the crying woman. I would not realize it until later that this is one of those stories that would have more truth than fiction behind it. The story is about an abused mother of three whose husband was a violent drunk. She too lived by a canal. A few nights after a particularly abusive argument with her husband, she managed to sneak her and the children out in the light of the full moon down to the canal. She then proceeded to drown all her children one by one in it, from oldest to youngest. After she finished with the last one, upon seeing the look on her youngest child's face, she immediately began to regret her decision, so much so that she committed suicide. At this point, the story was too scary for me, and I asked my aunt to stop telling. I know, I know. I was a kid, and my grandma lived in a remote area next to a freaking canal, so I had heard about enough similarities between us and the story setting that I could handle for one night. A couple of months had passed since I had last spent the night at my grandma's, and I had not forgotten about La Llorona, so I decided I would go over and maybe try to get the rest of the story from my aunt. When I got there, though, I found out that she was going to be out late that night and that she wouldn't be able to continue the story. This was before cell phones. My mother had driven me all the way out to grandma's house without me knowing that my aunt wasn't going to be home, but I decided to stay anyways. It had been raining all day, so the canal was full of rainwater. It also happened to be a full moon that night. All was well through bedtime. I usually slept on the living room couch at the front of the house, which was not more than 100 yards from the road that tees off to my grandma's driveway and also leads up from the canal to the town. Think of the horizontal part of the letter T as being the road and the vertical part of the T as being my grandmother's driveway. Late that night, I was awakened by something I could only faintly distinguish as sobbing. I laid on the couch with my sheets up under my chin and looked at the clock nearby. It was three in the morning on the dot. As I lay there motionless on the couch, I could hear it clearer and clearer. I could tell that whatever was making this sound, it was walking along the road coming from the canal towards town. The closer it got, the more I began to distinguish this not as a wailing type of crying, but more of what I could only describe as a sad type of crying. I say sad because I could honestly feel myself starting to feel compassion for whatever was crying out there, I shit you not, like if it was my mother out there. The only reason that I was able to resist the urge to go out and try to comfort her right then and there was the extreme cold that had fallen across the room all of a sudden. I forced myself to close my eyes and think happy thoughts, 
So, after a few minutes later, it was gone. I was scared beyond belief, and the more I thought about the feeling of compassion I had just felt, the more creeped out I began to feel. I thought of this for what seemed like forever, when slowly I began to hear crying off in the distance. This time it was coming from town and heading towards the canal. It was the same thing as before, and the closer it got, the more clearly I could hear it. A few minutes after, I not only heard it, but felt it past my grandma's house. I was able to muster up enough courage to take a peek out the front window. A dense fog had come over the entire neighborhood, and all I could see was a shadowy figure in a long flowing dress with long raggedy hair walking towards the canal. I could see a bluish light coming from the canal, which was the only reason I could make out the silhouette of this woman. Suffice it to say, I could not force myself to go to sleep, so I tried to stay awake until dawn. The next day, I woke up after apparently dozing off while trying to stay awake the night before. Grandma was cooking breakfast, and my aunt had finally arrived after being out the night before. I had decided that I would ask my aunt the rest of the story of La Llorona. It continues like this. Ever since committing suicide, whenever there was a full moon, just like on the night when the woman killed her children before killing herself, this woman's apparition was said to haunt the canals around South Texas, cursed by the devil to roam the areas around the canals to look for her children. Upon seeing the child, she was said to transform into a beautiful woman in a flowing white gown. She would gain the child's trust and lead them to the canal in order to get them to jump in the water. She would then pull the child underwater and cause them to drown. Anyway, this supposedly would have happened to me if I had gone out at the time that I heard her. Since then, I avoid canals at night. You should too. She is real. A lie you don't a story. This happened to me when I was about 11 years old. It was in the 90s. I have lived my whole life in El Paso, Texas. The culture is rich in folklore and religious beliefs. Many Hispanic families have stories of the paranormal. One popular legend is the legend of the weeping woman, aka La Llorona. The legend of La Llorona, Spanish for the weeping woman, has been a part of Hispanic culture in the Southwest since the days of the conquistadors. The tall, thin spirit is said to be blessed with natural beauty and flowing black hair. Wearing a white gown, she roams the rivers and creeks, wailing into the night and searching for children to drag, screaming to a watery grave. No one really knows when the legend of La Llorona began or from where it originated. Though the tales vary from source to source, the one common thread is that she is a spirit of a doomed mother who drowned her children and now spends eternity searching for them in rivers and lakes. One night, just like any other night, I lived in a trailer with my mom and dad. My youngest brother was staying with my aunt this night. I fell asleep watching Jay Leno as usual, and when I woke up, I was on the sofa in the living room. The time was 4 a.m., which illuminated from the stove in the kitchen. The television was off, and normally I had a light on, but this time it was pitch black. I woke up and I heard horrible screaming that was coming from far in the distance. The screaming was coming from a ditch that was a few feet away from my home. I heard it and I thought I was hearing things. I asked myself, am I dreaming? Then I started to hear the animals outside howling and whimpering. These animals that I speak of are cats and dogs. As the screaming got closer, the animals continued to cry. The screaming was something I have never experienced before. It sounded like I was in a big hallway and a woman was screaming her guts out down the hall. Then, in all the screaming, I started to make out words. 
These words being said by whoever this was at 4 a.m. screaming their guts out shocked me. The woman said, I am Ezehos. Oh, my children. In a huge panic, I quickly got up from the sofa and ran to the kitchen, which was right next to where I was asleep. I turned on the closest light and looked around. The screaming didn't stop. In fact, the screaming only got louder and closer. I questioned my sanity at that moment. Was I going crazy or hearing things? Then I thought to myself, this is real and the animals are responding to it in a negative way. So I did what any other 11-year-old boy would do in a moment like this. I ran to my mom and dad's room. I reached for my mom and shook her awake wildly. She woke up slowly and to my amazement, the screaming faded away as she woke up. I thought to myself, what the heck is going on? I told my mother, mom, do you hear the screaming and crying lady? My mom was half asleep and she said, go back to sleep. It's most likely just your imagination. I told her, no, this is real. Please listen. Don't you hear her? My mom quickly just said, you're dreaming. So go back to sleep. It's going to be okay. By then the screaming had faded long away. Like if whoever was screaming knew that an adult was awake. I was terrified as I returned to the living room and quickly turned on the television as I left most of the lights on as well. I didn't go back to sleep until the sun came up. I couldn't believe what I heard and witnessed. I was treated like a crazy person whenever I told my story. It got so bad that I kept my experience to myself. To this day, I don't care what people think of my experience. I know what I heard. A couple of years later, it happened to me again. This story takes place after the first incident with a woman known as La Llorona. Not much happened after the first time I heard her. An incident occurred with my aunt about a year after my encounter. According to my aunt, they were sleeping and suddenly there was a horrible sound coming from the ditch located in front of their house. There is a street in between the ditch and the house, but her house and the ditch are really close to one another. It was about 2.30 a.m. when my aunt was awakened by a screaming woman coming from the ditch. She figured maybe somebody was being hurt or attacked. She walked out to the front yard looking towards the ditch and saw there was no woman. My cousin, her daughter, walked out to the front as well asking what was happening. My aunt of course had no idea as the screaming grew closer. Then they saw her, a woman in a white dress. The only thing that shook them to the bone was that the woman had no feet and was clearly floating. One other feature that threw them off was that this woman had no face. They both just turned after seeing that and ran inside their house. My aunt locked the door and called the police. The police showed up minutes later and took their claim seriously. El Paso PD was soon looking into the area where this woman was seen and heard screaming. The police soon returned and said there was no evidence that a woman was there. They looked at the area where the woman was seen walking and not even footprints were found. One of the police officers even asked if maybe my aunt was dreaming everything that happened. The next day is when I went over to visit and I saw my cousin like I have never seen her before. She had black bags under her eyes and she hadn't slept since the incident. I asked her what happened and she said that she saw what my aunt saw, the screaming woman with no feet and no face. It took her a while to sleep normal again. She never heard or saw La Llorona again, but to this day, she won't deny that she witnessed something that she can't explain. Unlike my cousin, I don't have the luck of avoiding La Llorona. 
It was in the early 2000s when I worked here in El Paso, Texas at a local supermarket. One of the shifts that I worked was from 3 a.m. to 12 p.m. The store was located in the lower valley of El Paso. In the back of the store is a small ditch. One early morning at about 4 a.m., I had the back doors open and I was taking the empty milk crates outside in the back. I was working with two other guys at the time of this incident. One of the guys named R thought it would be funny to close the back doors and lock me outside as a joke. When I heard the doors close shut, I knew he was just messing around. I thought to myself, I will just stay quiet and wait for him to open the doors again. I wasn't going to give in to his joke of trying to scare me. I stood by the door smiling and thinking to myself, he's not going to scare me. I could hear R laughing on the other side of the doors. I thought to myself, well, the joke's on him because I'm not scared. About one minute later, in the far distance, I heard screaming, and I thought to myself, it's the same screaming that I heard when I was 11 years old. The screaming got louder and closer to me. I felt a chill down my spine, and I felt that I was being watched by some unseen force. I felt a sense of hopelessness. It was a feeling unlike any other. I started pounding on the door. I yelled, let me in. There's somebody out here. I pounded my fist and started kicking the door. What the fuck? Let me in. I could hear R laughing on the other side of the door. I started to kick the door harder. The screaming was now coming from right behind me. Just then, R opened the door and said, what the fuck is that? Just then, I ran inside and locked the warehouse door. R said, why was that lady screaming? Did she need help? I told him that I don't think that was a lady. I told him what happened to me when I was younger. R told me, Jay, don't you think maybe you're cursed or she's following you? I stayed quiet when he told me that. I couldn't work my shift normally after that. It took a few hours to get over what happened. I admit I was scared and maybe R was right. What if she was following me? There's one more incident that took place right after. In 2015, I started working as a custodian at an elementary school. Behind the school is the border highway. Then the Rio Grande, of course, covered by a huge metal fence that separates Mexico from El Paso. I worked the night shift from 2.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. One night I was stuck working with another custodian until midnight. Right when we were about to leave, we do a walkthrough of the school to make sure all the doors are locked on the outside. I worked with another custodian named C. C always told me that he has never believed in ghosts. Up until that night, I can say. We walked to our cars, and just as I was about to leave, I saw that C had opened the hood of his car. Then he asked me, hey Jay, can you give me a jump? My car battery is dead. I told him yes, of course. Just as I stepped out of my car, a loud screaming came from the Rio Grande. All the animals in the nearby neighborhood started howling and crying. Once again, the screaming resembled a woman screaming her guts out in a hallway as it echoed all over. C looked at me and said, oh my God, is that a demon? I told him, no, C, that is La Llorona. He looked right at me and said, no way, she can't be real. Then I said, I have heard her before. Then C said, hurry up please and let's get out of here. I gave him a jump and just then we saw a border patrol jeep speeding toward the screaming woman. Just then I thought to myself, I can record this and share it with the world. I took my phone out and just as I hit record, the screaming faded away. C and I looked at each other and he said, what the fuck? Sorry, Jay, I'm leaving before the evil witch comes back to get us. We both left and the very next day, C was telling everybody at work how we heard the witch crying the night before. That was the last time I encountered her. I don't think it is the last as I feel that she may choose who hears or sees her.
those were some really scary urban legend experiences. I picked these specific legends because I wanted some that were paranormal that I figured lots of people would have had experiences with. I love all of the urban legends, but I wanted to steer away from the crime and thriller ones and focus more on the spooky ones for this episode, since this podcast is about true ghost stories. Again, thank you to those that allowed your stories to be shared on this episode, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. That's it for this episode of Midnight Ghost Stories. If you have a story to share, please send an email to midnightghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. It will be read on the show or send in a voice recording to be played on an episode. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook at Midnight Ghost Stories and Instagram at Midnight Ghost Stories Podcast and subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Anchor. Tune in next time for another episode of True Creepy Ghost Stories.